The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Okay, so it's the return of the world-famous classic album, Clash, and I've had this one on the books for a while, talking, of course, about Pantera, Cowboys from Hell versus Vulgar Display of Power, and uh, the returning Rich Ward, Notes Ward, the most organized classic album, Clash contender, uh, Grant Brooks, uh, drummer Fozzy, another Pantera uh, disciple, and then Sam Abernathy, who we've had to switch some things around because you're such a Pantera fan. But I really wanted to get the four of us in here. We're sitting in a hotel room in Adelaide, Australia. And it's very apropos because Pantera, uh, the, um, the what would you call it? The reprise, the tribute, the, 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 new, the new birth of Pantera, I guess, just yeah. took place last night in Mexico. So first and foremost, Sam, what did you think when you first heard about this Pantera uh, rebirth, I guess you'd say? Oh, man. I was happier than a kid on Christmas Day. Yeah, I, I, at first I was a bit apprehensive, and then I just sat in my thoughts for a second, and I said, I saw who it was, and I saw who was going to be doing it, and I was like, these are the right guys, this is the music, I never got to see Pantera, Mm. Uh, and now I have a chance, Mm. you know, now I have a chance to feel that music live in front of my face that I didn't get to when I was younger. I was, I was, you know, 10 years younger than you guys, and... I didn't, you know, it wasn't it's, an opportunity. It, it's interesting to me because a lot of people that were like kind of the hardcore Pantera fans were initially against it, but you had a great point. You never got to see them. Never. And my point was, I, would, I say it all the time, a world with Pantera music in it is better than a world without Pantera music in it. Thousand and, percent. and I'll just answer my own question. I thought it was cool right from the start. Obviously, we know Zach very well and Charlie very well. Um, and I, I knew Vinny very well, and I think they were the right guys uh, from a respect standpoint, from a playing standpoint, mm-hmm. and from a superstar, marquee supergroup standpoint, right? It's not just a couple guys. It's like this, this could be huge. Yeah. Bands should decide what they want to do. Like, right. I, I always get frustrated when you hear fans are like wanting to dictate the terms of how the the surviving members of bands <laughs> decide to move forward. It's like these aren't your songs, even though you may have been the biggest fan in the world and they have changed your life in ways. It's it's still Rex and Phil were there. 
These are their babies. Their brothers are no longer here. And if they want to have the opportunity to go out and play these songs again, whether it's from a standpoint of just the the desire to play the songs or if it's a financial, it doesn't matter. It's not our band. So I'm always supportive of that. You know, like you shouldn't do Queen without Freddie Mercury. These guys need to play these songs. They're, they're, need to that's hear their too. band. That's people right. Need to hear them. Correct. Yeah. And then you can react according to whether you want to support it or yeah. not. Yeah. Hell yeah, I'm going to go. I went to see Queen with Paul Rogers. I'm going to go see Pantera with Charlie and Zach, and I'm super excited that they're doing it. I think that the, the bonus on the on the cakes was that the states both agreed. Rita's a state, and, and, and Dimes a state with Rita. Vinny's a state with Chelsea and Bride Dog. I think that had a lot to do with it as well. What did you think, right? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, they're the two best guys to do it, too. Yes. Like, uh, for all the reasons that you said, there's a relationship there. Charlie and Vinny, friends. You know, Zach and Dime, friends. It's like, these would have been the hand-picked guys from those guys. That's right. And I I think that's why it's appropriate. You could say, yeah, there's probably a Pantera tribute band somewhere floating around where the guys know it note for note, whatever, and have the same haircuts and whatever. But the truth is, is that the spirit of that, no one would understand it more than the two guys that were part of their crew. I have to agree with Sam because, I mean, I'm so much younger. I was born in 94, so I never in a million years would think, oh, I'm going to get to go watch Pantera next year. You know, it's just unheard of. And on top of that, there's so many kids that's going to be opened up because this is going to bring back their music all over again. It's just going to reopen the doors for several metalhead kids just waiting to hear the incredible Pantera for the, the first time. The legend of Pantera yeah. now lives again. Yep. So, uh, and that is the legend of Pantera with two very legendary records, um, of course, in Cowboys from Hell and vulgar display of power. Let's talk a little bit about our personal experiences of first hearing Pantera. And I'll start with you, Rich, because you were uh, a little bit afterwards when the Mojo started, but I would assume at this point in 1990, 91, 92, that you were getting heavy with your riffage again. Uh, What did you think when you first heard Pantera? Yeah, I did not hear Cowboys from Hell first. I was, yeah, I was... I never had, like, you had the cool guy in your neighborhood <laughs> that had, like, what was his name? Brad. That's that. right, yeah. I never had that guy. So Pantera actually started becoming a big band before I discovered them. So I discovered them on Vulgar Display of Power. And I remember a friend of mine dubbed a cassette of it. I remember to this day, Vulgar Display of Power, handwritten on the little tab, the little label on it. And I remember the day after I got it, I went over to Morgan Rose's house, who is the drummer from Seven Dust, and said, you have to hear this. Like, it was it was almost as if, like, I had just discovered religion and, like, had to go tell my neighbors about it. <laughs> and it, it was. It was like, it changed my life. It was, I'd never heard anything like it. I mean, I was a Metallica fan, and obviously I had heard heavy bands, but this band was so unique. Uh, it spoke to me as a as a young kid who loved. I had started Stuck Mojo in '89, and I heard Pantera for the first time probably in '92. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize Mojo had started that early. Yeah, so I was influenced by the Chili Peppers and Faith No More. That's that was the that was the genesis of Stuck Mojo. But then. I, and I, I have lots of, as you said, notes, notes, Ward, um, about this. But I was shocked at listening to these two albums with fresh ears because it's been a long time since I've actually consumed this, not in a playlist, like as an album. 
I was shocked to hear how many of those riffs found their ways onto my records. I, I, thought the same. I was like, there's so many Ward style riffs on here. It's crazy. You know? it's just to show you, like, at that point in all every musician's life, they find these records that become the Bible for them. Right. And it changed me. Like, because it was like this pneumatic tube into my soul, and Dime was like, I am now your father. <laughs> but you, Grant. Well, mine's going to be completely different. Um, so when I was about seven, I was huge into SpongeBob. And um, <laughs> there was an episode called Pre-Hibernation Week. And after, right when the episode came on, it said, music featured by Pantera. And I was like, Pantera? Wow. What, what is this? And I remember I was like, I didn't know who Pantera was. I didn't. I didn't even listen to rock music then. But that was like the first time I'd ever heard them, and that and that signature sound they had. And come to find out, about a year later, I heard them again on Beavis and Butthead. They had a 1994 episode that featured this love on it, and um, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this band. And I think I went. They had in the early 2000s a greatest hit out album come out, and I got that one. And then I went back, of course, and bought all their catalog, and it come to find out Death Rattle was what was on the pre-hibernation week, their, their last album. So it that's kinda, how I discovered it them. It kind of shows a little bit of the uh, sense of humor of those guys, that they would allow themselves to be on SpongeBob, mm-hmm. especially for such a heavy band. Yeah. You know, they didn't have that, that, that kill, you know, poser, anything death to heavy metal, death to all but metal type yeah. vibe, yeah. you know? How about you, Sam? How did you discover things? Oh, man. Headbangers Ball. Yeah, walk. That was it. I, that video came on, and I was like, "What is this? And who are these crazy cats?" Because I was already into Metallica, I was already, you know, was into Sepultura and all this stuff, but I had not heard Pantera. Yet. And that video came on. I was like, "Who's this guy in this white zombie shirt shredding this guitar? And why does this guy have a, a bald head? And because everybody had long hair, right, right. you know, I was like, "Why does this guy have a bald head and he's unscarred across his stomach? And this is dangerous." I like it. And uh, and then Dimes, you know, when he did the, the slide up during the solo where he flicks off the, the fretboard, and I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. So, this, okay, these are my new heroes. You know, it's funny because you mentioned the, the, the look was so different in, in 1992 because I discovered, discovered, quote-unquote, I think in the summer of 92, maybe 91, I was in California, and I was a super metal edge reader, which was a magazine at the time. And I came out of 80s metal, as did Rich, and it was all... And I wasn't like... I wasn't a poison warrant. I liked those bands, but I was a Maiden, Metallica, Priest, Ozzy, Dio, those bands, Guns N' Roses. So when I started reading about Pantera, instantly I was like, nah, I don't like the way they look. They look like roadies. I didn't like it. I still wanted the, the pomp and circumstance of the 80s, right? So I didn't quite get into them. I remember I was listening to KLOS in 92... And there was this song that came on and it had a super heavy riff. And I thought, oh, that must be Pantera. Because back then, unless you heard the DJ tell you what it was, you didn't know what it was. So I was in San Francisco and I I was a huge fan of the band Trouble. And I went to this gig at the Warfield and it was Pantera, White Zombie and Trouble. And I was like, okay, I'll go for the Trouble and stay for 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 the Pantera. So the song that I thought was Pantera when they came on was Thunderkiss 65, White Zombie. And I was like, oh, that's white. Well, then what does Pantera do? And then they came on and it was next level. It was instantly, oh, this is crazy. 
And I'll say one more story because obviously the energy, the energy that I saw with them was similar to years later when we went and saw like Slayer, just the power from the stage. And like on a night when Metallica is on, but Pantera was just for the throat. And I literally still can see it to this day. I don't know why Dime came out and sh- took a shit in a bucket on stage. And I literally can, I can, I told Vinny this, I literally can see the piece of poop leaving his, like the, the curve of his ass, not his, but, and you can see it like, it's like watching a dog take a dump and right into the bucket. I don't know what he was doing, but that was like, that was it. You know, they just tore it up. Dime took a shit on stage and was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and then of course you buy the record and you work your way back. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The two records in question, Cowboys from Hell, which uh, came out July 24th, 1990, produced by Terry Date. And then, of course, the uh, follow-up to that was Vulgar Display of Power, which came out February 25th, 1992, also produced by Terry Date. Uh, before we get into the actual albums themselves, let's talk about the album covers. Um, obviously, the uh, Cowboys from Hell is kind of the band uh, in a saloon, kind of an old-school saloon, but it's uh, them kind of superimposed. And then Vulgar Display of Power with the, the, the punch to the face. Uh, Grant, talk about those covers. Which one's your favorite? I have to go with Vulgar on that one because you can just look at the album cover and you see this guy literally taking a fist straight right. to the cheek and you're like, all right, I don't even have to listen to this, but I know it's going to be heavy as hell. So I'm ready to rock. There's yeah. certain album covers that you just look at and it tells you all you need You, to you instantly that. know it's going to be a banger just by that album cover. Yeah, I got to go with Vulgar as well for the same reason. I thought that the Cowboys was a little bit cheesy. Um, I also, there's all these rumors that I just read about, uh, to, to clarify, that the guy was paid 100 bucks to get punched in the face, and he got 31 punches to the face. That was the rumor. <laughs> Not true. It was all uh, artwork, art direction, and nobody actually got punched. No, no humans were harmed in the making of this album cover. <laughs> Rich, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, vulgar. I think it's iconic. Yeah, Cowboys from Hell, that album kind of represented the, a transitional period for the band. So I think they still had the one foot in the other world. They were coming out of the 80s. Which was Van Halen. Correct. And it exemplified that perfectly. Mm-hmm. But Vulgar Display of Power, this was the rebirth, and the album cover was, was the entryway into that. Sam? I can't say it any better than Richard. Like, yeah. 100% vulgar. Like, come on. It's just gnarly, dude. There you go. So, obviously, we'll be talking a lot about the band and the styles, but I think that it's all going to come out when we start doing this classic album clash track-by-track battle. And just for clarification, too, there's 12 songs on um, on Cowboys. There's only 11 on Vulgar, but then Grant had the great idea of using Piss, which is a B-side uh, from that album as track number 12. So we start off with the uh, classic Cowboys from Hell versus the also classic Mouth for War. Sam, let's talk about that. What do you, which, which one do you like better and why? Cowboys, 100%. Um, I love Mouth 4. It's a great mm-hmm. song. But Cowboys just takes you right to who those guys are, man. Like, it's just literally their statement. We're the Cowboys from hell. It's a bunch of Texas dudes 
coming in to just kick your ass and that's it. I mean, the opening little tape loop. Uh, what is that? Is that it's, a phaser? It's or a flanger. flanger. Yeah, it's a flanger. And then, you know, dime coming in over top of it. It's got that swing. It's got that swagger. And then when it comes in, you know, it's just like, holy crap, that's an explosion. Who are these guys? And then when he got into the solos, it was just like. I think the difference for me, and I'll go with Cowboys as well, uh, is that we're going to be discussing this a lot, is just the groove of Pantera. Mm -hmm. So you could love the thrash element of that band, and there was that element, but the groove, it was almost like, and it wasn't almost like it was, the the, the Van Halen element, the ZZ Top element, which Mm -hmm. I think people don't really realize. And there's a a Texas Stevie Ray Vaughan. They grew up, and knowing Vinny, they loved Stevie Ray, and they loved Journey and Foreigner, but they loved the blues and, and... there was a real combination of this deliciousness of the sound with the brothers. And once again, you're going to hear a lot of Van Halen comparisons with Pantera and Van Halen because of the brothers. It was the same dynamic and that groove was just locked in. And that was the one for me. And I also loved Phil when he, he, I watched it last night from Mexico. We're taking over this town. He kind of had that really kind of dark, like it's like Sam Elliott. Yeah. But gnarlier. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Grant? Well, I love both of those songs. You've got, on Cowboys, you've got Dimebag opening up the song with that famous riff. Like, if anyone's ever listened to Pantera, everyone's going to instantly recognize yeah. that song straight off the bat. But then you've got Mouth, where you've got Vinny opening up the song with that famous, iconic uh, Tom beat with the snare. But I still have to go with Cowboys, just, just because, like, that was one of the songs that i first heard and i still it's it's a song you never get tired of you can literally listen to that song over and over and i i never get tired of it that crazy riff awesome vocals there, cowboys there, there for is, me there's something in mouth too there's a swampy riff to it as well I think mm-hmm. it's, it's the southern it's, it's like, southern like, boys and it's the same like these tunes both these albums as well but these tunes is like a 10 and a 9.9 mm-hmm. so like, oh it's all, right, all killer no filler baby that's right what do you got rich I think Cowboys from Hell is a better song. Yeah. The one thing that's interesting is that Cowboys from Hell doesn't sound like the Pantera that we all know because Phil hadn't become Phil Anselmo at this point. Right. When you're listening to Cowboys from Hell, this was still beta testing version of, you know, again, one foot on each side. They hadn't made the full transition. When you hear mouth for war that's the pantera that everybody knows moving forward and that's the prototype yeah, it's yeah. phil the badass he could beat up danzig and henry rollins you know like like tommy prong right yeah you you get that feeling that he's the then the guy but cowboys from hell he still feels like he is influenced a little bit but kind of by the faith no more the the image um and then he's got obviously some halford oh, influence vocals his vocals on yeah. cowboys are so heavy metal at yes times. that's right but i think i think cowboys is a better song. Uh, then we go to uh, track two, which of course is uh, uh, Primal Concrete Sledge. Some of the song titles uh, make me laugh, on, especially on Cowboys, but Primal Concrete Sledge versus A New Level. Uh, and I'll start for me. Um, there's a lot of songs on Cowboys that I have to go back and kind of listen to again. Go, how does it, oh, that's how it goes. I think Primal Concrete Sledge is great, but A New Level for me maybe tied with Becoming, but let's just, we're not talking about that record. I think it's my favorite Pantera song ever. Uh, and they opened with it last night in Mexico City. And um, I just love the riff. And how the drums, like like talking to Charlie, he said a lot of these patterns don't 
make sense. And then just uh, unscarred by trials. I think that is one of my favorite lyrics. Phil's lyrics, like, I don't know him well. He's a very intense, intelligent guy, and he writes very intense, intelligent lyrics and unscarred by trials. And then just it's like it's that swamp groove. It's dirty. Can't beat it. So what do you think, Rich, between the two? A new level. I, I love Primal Concrete Sledge because I think it's a brilliant song in that there's no snare until the bridge good call. it's just it's just kick and hi-hat yeah. which is so badass that's good and you have to wait for the to get that to get that yeah. and i it's so badass that's but, really cool yeah it, it is and i've never heard that before especially from a metal band i mean maybe some prog bands are doing things like that but the thing about a new level is lyrically and just the the atmosphere of the song can only be written by a band who has this realization and we've, we've all been in bands. Okay. So we know this, you know, when you've done something special yeah. and you get that feeling of like, because when you read the lyrics to the song, this is a band who knows that they're going to change things. Mm. This is a band who has fully realized and has this, it's like Roth and Van Halen too. Mm. When he goes in with this confidence of like, First of all, they've changed the world with Cowboys from Hell, and then they're writing this new material. And you just, you can feel it in these lyrics. Like, there's a sense of it that, with an overabundance of confidence, and that we're doing something that no one will be able to touch. We've always said that. Every, what band didn't say that in the rehearsal space? We're we're touchable, you know. But they were right, Mm -hmm. you know. And you can feel it. There's a sense of that this band feels like, they really feel like they know because it's it's different to be the best band in the world, and it's different when you really know it. Right. Because Rush, at one point, could have been the best band on the planet, but they never really wore it as a chip on their shoulder. This song had, is yeah. that mission statement. Right, and Phil had that attitude, and so did the brothers. Another thing about it, too, is, is, is keeping in mind, is that this is a, a band that was proudly flying the flag for heavy metal when nobody including Metallica were as we move on to 94 and Metallica, you know, I remember seeing the cover of burn magazine in Japan for low load. It said Metallica and they had crossed out metal and written rock Metallica. Pantera never had that. They were heavy metal through and through. And as a result, they were the one band that were playing arenas uh, that started essentially in 1990 as just a full on metal band. Yeah. So um, that's something that I think people need to remember. So when you say that they knew they were going to change the world, they, they knew something was going on because the rest of the scene was not this. Grant? I'm going to change it up. I love both of those songs, but I'm going to go with Primal Concrete Sledge, all coming from a drummer's perspective just because of yeah. that intro. And then not to mention when it hits that breakdown, and that's the first time you hear Vinny doing that signature kick drum triplet beat he's a master at i was like oh man so like that that song from a drummer's perspective for me is like top five pantera songs maybe and and i don't know who invented anything ever but to me that's like you said i I never heard anybody do that before vinnie paul oh it's just incredible it doesn't quite make sense Mm -hmm. it's just he had something about him as a drummer and he never really did that in Hell Yeah because there was no dime to play off. But once again, I think people forget and they're going to remember, A, that Charlie is a great drummer and that Vinny was a great drummer too because yep. you kind of forgot that over the years he mm-hmm. went through so much. He just went, yeah, Vinny Paul on drums. When you listen to what he plays, there is some stuff on there I haven't heard anybody else ever Oh, do. yeah. Yeah, it stands out. 
Like you can literally, I could literally put his drum tracks with no music behind it and instantly know that's Vinnie Paul right there. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Let me ask you this, and you can chime in on this too, Rich, and Sam as well, but like, let's say for like, like, like when you hear a Van Halen song, you always know Eddie's tone. You know, you know Slash's tone or Zach's tone. It's very rare that you know a drummer's tone. Like you know, Al- you know Alex Van Halen's snare, and you know Vinnie Paul's kick. Like how? Yep. How do you Dude, do that as a drummer? As a mix engineer, I have a bus in my stuff that makes it's my kick drum set goes from zero to Vinnie Paul. Like there's like it, it it's just that thing that click that that super just. But, but is that is that like in, it's in your hands as a guitar player? Is that in your feet as a drummer? No, it, it is. Lars invented it. And Justice for All was the first time where you heard that top end on a kick drum. Right. Yeah. But Vinny took it to the next level. Yep. And that's the thing. Like, so you say, hey, like with guitar players, uh, if, if you're talking about the, that thumbprint that you wipe away all the music, all the vocals, Lars, Vinny, 100%, yeah. Alex Van Halen snare drum. Yeah. Those guys have such a, a classic signature, signature Here's sound. Here's Kenny Aronoff. And those John Cougar Mellencamp, you can always tell when it's Kenny Aronoff playing. That's a weird one. I had to throw that in there. Interesting. Sam? All right. So I'm going to have to go with Young Brooks with Primal. Nice. And I don't want to take anything away from a new level because, like Rich said, it was a mission statement. And it definitely it told the world who Pantera was and, and, and definitely. But going back and just listening to them both, I just – that interaction between Dime and Vin with, like – you know, you know, and all that, the the space that they had in there, along with being just super, just technical, and that big old groove. I, yeah, I, if going back, I, I, I liked listening to Sledge better. I hadn't listened to Cowboys from Hell in its entirety, or that's the thing nowadays. Who listens to albums in their entirety? Right. You know, but it's it's interesting to hear as we move along. There's a lot of differences, a lot of similarities, and a lot of songs that kind of blend together, but not those ones, and not these ones either. We get to uh, Psycho Holiday versus Walk. Uh, Rich, why don't you start that? Yeah, for me, it's it's Walk, and part of it is that I was most attracted to Pantera, not by their technical prowess, because they are one of the one of the bands in metal that you would say I put them on the Mount Rushmore of like they could, they just were technically such brilliant players and gifted writers. But for me, this song and this riff maybe one of the best examples of heavy metal from the nineties. You know, what I mean? if you had to say, you know, we're sending a a, a thumb drive of uh, to aliens <laughs> of what like nineties metal set exactly. sounded like. You send them walk. I mean, it's pretty much the prototype. Yeah. And the other thing about it is, too, is that like Phil at, at this point, he's like a cult leader. He really is. He's like what David Lee Roth was before him and that uh, he was a fully realized yeah, guy. Yeah. There's so many other metal guys from that era that were great. Like 
I, I would put James Hetfield as one of the greatest vocalists in metal of all time, but he's not a cult leader. Like, you wouldn't follow him. Like, there was something about Phil, his lyrics, he was like the voice of the disaffected and um, those that have been pushed around. He was the one that said, kick his ass. Like, he, yeah. you felt empowered by him. Cyrus. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right. There was something about him that was so special um, that he was beyond just the vocalist. You know, he he really was a kind of a, a personality. Uh, he did what Glenn Danzig and Henry Rollins before them kind of did, but Phil was just so much more believable. Right. There was something about him that felt 100% genuine. There was no performance in it. This was... This was something special. And the Brothers and Rex were the best rhythm section in the whole planet at that moment. And so it was untouchable. Because mm. you could have, we all know this, because we've, we've had different members in Fozzie. Just because somebody's fantastic doesn't mean that the chemistry's right. right. And that's what made this band at this moment so special, is that everything was just firing perfectly. And so for me, as much as I love Psycho Holidays, like Walk is, it's the prototype, right? It really is in a lot of ways, and this isn't a bad thing. Cowboys is kill them all, and you know, vulgar display is ride the lightning. Just, solid, solid so, comparison. It's yeah. it's like you can't believe that these two records came out eighteen months of each other because the progression is. That is how it was? It was eighteen? Well, I think months we said February of ninety two and October of ninety, right? Just did so, math right? Yeah, eighteen wow. months. Same as kill them all and ride lightning. Eighteen months. How did they get so much better and so much more mature? in that time frame. Uh, why don't you continue, Sam? What do you choose? Oh, man, 100% walk. walk Just yeah. like I said, that was that was my introduction. That was my coronation. Yeah. You know, and I mean, dude, they still play that song at sporting events and stadiums yeah. now. You know, like the world knows that song and they don't even, a lot of times I, d I doubt they even know who it is. Yeah. You know, they just hear that down, 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 down. And yeah, dude, the groove is just untouchable. And Agreed. I I, th I think that riff is as recognizable as Enter Sandman, like mm. that. Like you mentioned, that that is the riff for for '90s metal, uh, as is Sandman. But you could play either one of those, and that's one of those ones. Um, I'm not a guitar player, but I'm a bass player and, and used to write songs a lot. And when you come up with a riff like that, you're probably thinking, "Oh, it's too it's too simple." And then you realize this earworm of all earworms. It just gets in the little. Was he do a little bend on it? It's just like I can remember just like hearing that over and over and over again. And then of course the chorus, which I can't remember what the leads are, but it's a call and response. Bang. What makes it brilliant is that the fact that you talking to me. The riff is simplistic, and Phil has a staccato fast pattern of you have a bed under my skin and call yourself a friend. It's how those two work together. Yeah, and that's what makes it great. Is like sometimes when the riff is fast and the vocal is fast, it's like they're not good dance partners. It's how they work together. I I'm not gonna ever suggest that Angus and Malcolm have any idea who Pantera is or have ever heard a Pantera song, but if they heard this riff, I bet you they would both go, "That's good." Yeah. That's that's exactly. And once again, Diamond Vinny, ACDC fanatics. There's that side to them as well. You think Grant? Got to go with Walk. I'm I'm like Sam. I, I can't tell you how many sporting events I've been to, and I hear that song, and you can look around the whole arena, and everyone's just pumped up hearing that signature riff, and then you got Phil's chants. Just yeah. saying respect and just yeah. how, how he does it, man, it's 
Gotta go with Walt. I, I like this. His melody line too, like "Dawn of Time." Yeah. It's kind of weird, but it's it, that, that, yeah. Kind of step down. Dawn of your dawn of time. Just makes you feel like a badass listening to that song. Like when he says, <laughs> I mean, when "Are he you goes, talking walk to on me?" Home, yeah. Boy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay. "This song has inspired too many fist fights yeah, yeah, right. of my own." I'm sure. <laughs> All right, now now it gets a little bit. Oh, I mean, no, I was gonna say it gets a little bit more tricky, but not not this time. I don't think it's heresy uh, versus. Hostile, Sam. You, you, you gave me a, a wow. How do you choose, right? Yeah, man. God, I gotta go with hostile just because they're again, yeah, headbangers ball. You know that that intro and and all that. Just you know it. That's like trying to choose your favorite kid, man. Like, yeah. oh God, it. I'm gonna have I only because of that one little thing the the, the the pick scrape and the noise and all that i think that's my that's my earworm that got me on that one the hostile yeah rich well when i was listening to psycho holiday with fresh ears um the op- opening riff the swing is total van halen right like i love i love that i was like wow listening to it you could really hear whether it was intentional or not had that that kind of swing to it and then it also struck me that um, how in the 90s record companies uh, wouldn't send out people to tell us how many parts we could shove into a song. <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't believe how many parts are in this song. Are you talking about heresy or you're talking about? Oh. We're on heresy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> like it, it's kind of cool that, um, you know, we used to. When we first started working with Johnny Andrews, he was like, it's just too many parts. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. I thought it's an intro, yeah. verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, solo. It's like, it's too many. It's too many parts. Hip-hop songs, pop songs, one part. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And it was like- It's Bob Rock and Metallica, right? I love yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but with all of that being said, yeah. I mean, it's it's hostile yeah. every, every time because- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the ending of it is so sick. I mean, everything about it dimes that solo. Everything you're, about no, it. dude, you're thinking about domination. Total James Hetfield. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, uh, once again, it's funny because um, whenever, especially at that time, 1992, when you see hostile, it's like, wow. Dangerous. That's pretty over the top. What's that going to sound like? like? People and, didn't put that stuff on album covers and in, in, in song. In, it in, just starts. Yeah. Holy shit. And like you mentioned, such a Hetfield song. And then it's just spitting out the hostile. And the funny thing is, I made this rock mix that I would play at parties at my house all the time. It'd be like a hundred songs. It's all like, you know, like Skinner and Michael Jack. And for some reason, by mistake, Hostile made it in there. And I can remember running across a crowded pool patio at a kid's birthday party where Hostile comes on. I'm like, oh no! <laughs> Ten-year-old kids and like, Hostile, what is that? My wife's yelling at me. Why would you have this? I don't know. I don't know how to erase it. I don't know. Because back iPod days, I don't yeah. know what to do. And, <laughs> like, get rid of it. They didn't mean for it to sink. Yeah, and 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 that's the uh, the solo on that one too. And there's also the little drum thing in the middle. That's, Vince, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I I have to go with hostile as well, just because Vinny stands out so so hard. And when he hollers Vince, and then you hear the drum feel going in, and then all of a sudden that solo just yeah. starts blasting. Oh man, you can't beat it. When I when I went to watch some of the Pantera stuff from from Mexico City last night, 
I, that's one of the parts I wanted to look up. That's the first song I looked up. Yeah, I just wanted to hear yeah. that part. And then Rich mentioned Domination, which we'll talk about. I wanted to see those parts. Like Those are kind of like highlight Pantera moments. Mm-hmm. And just that squeal. That yeah. Like, yeah. I wanted to hear Charlie do those drum feels, and he nailed them. I think didn't uh, uh, Phil went, Charles? Yeah, <laughs> he did. Oh, nice. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. All right, this one to me is a battle. Cemetery Gates versus This Love. Both of them kind of ballady. I also want to say something about Heresy is that Phil's vocals on that are as, as, as Rob Halford yes. as you're ever going to hear. And there's also some, some heavy Coverdale, like Still the Night Scream Coverdales to, to him as well. He's a great, he was, maybe still is, but a great, great heavy metal singer. Yeah. To, I mean, and to give Heresy its own respect, though, it's, we didn't really talk about it right, much. Right, like yeah. Just that... that dun, 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 dun. Like the way that grooved, and the, there again, the space that they used when they went from like being a primarily thrash band into a, going into like a groove band. Like, are you sure you're not thinking of the sleep? Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking of the sleep. Yeah, but, hey, what's, what's you the, called the us twice. That's right. Twice I, I, and these are the songs I didn't think I remembered. Yeah, Heresy is just like super, like. Okay. Yeah. 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 But well, once yeah, once again, that is a heavy f- song. If it wasn't going against Hostile, I probably would have taken it. But Cemetery Gates and This Love. Why don't you start that off, Grant? Well, I love Cemetery Gates, but I still I'm gonna have to go with This Love just because that was the first true Pantera song front to back I'd ever heard. And um, you know, when I first heard that first breakdown, I was like, "Oh man, that's sick." But then the song ends, and then the breakdown gets even more groovy and slower. And then you got that 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 snare pop and just that slow breakdown. And I love love Phil's just his vocals on this love. I, that's that's for sure for me. Sam, tough as well, but a hundred percent cemetery, uh, and it's really on a personal level. I remember learning both of those songs around the same time as a young guitar player, and when I nailed the and I learned how to play pinch harmonics during that, it was it completely influenced the rest of my life as a, as a musician because it, it had I not learned how to do those little things, I wouldn't have done a lot of the, the, the some of the stuff that I ended up writing later on in my own career and all that kind of stuff. And just the way it was put together um, and his solo in there is just so good. Yeah, and there again, Phil's vocals, yeah. very Halfordy. Um, he showed his, a lot of his dynamic range in, in that. You know, he he had all that Reverend, Reverend, and then he also had all the gnarly stuff, and then the super high stuff. Like yeah. it was really, really good. I think uh, this love, I never this love is is good if someone had it on at a party or something. But I I would never choose. I'll play this love for me. Like it's it's cool, but. Cemetery Gates is is the top three uh, new level becoming Cemetery Gates for me. Uh, 
I think it's Phil's best vocal performance maybe ever uh, to the point where I think that's the reason why they don't play it now. I just think there's, it's so nuanced. I don't think Phil, maybe he can do it. I don't think he really wants to because he understands how hard it is. Rev runs, conspiracy, that's so good. And then that riff, like you mentioned, and then the call and response solo and vocal, which is totally influenced by two uh, two different songs, and Vinny is not here to uh, back me up on this, but it's David Lee Roth, Yankee Rose, and it's Striper, uh, 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 In God We Trust. The end part where Michael screams, and as we talked about one time, he's like, yeah, this is total Steve I and the Yankee Rose. And what's that Striper song where he does that? I'm like, you know Striper. Of course I know Striper. Great guitar flyers, man. I don't like that. I don't like that. Like, we can't sing about God and all that shit, but uh, what a song. It's it, And also, too, it's 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 Maiden. So Maiden, another influence for Pantera. Uh, it was better than what Maiden was doing at that point in time. And I just remember hearing that. That's what really grabbed Pantera for me because I was always still like, what happened to the white zombie song? I like that one. And then, uh, uh, and like I mentioned, you guys mentioned we got vulgar first, but then the, the, the Cowboys from hell, that one to me was the song. And it still is the song for me from these records. Rich. Yeah. I mean, I was going to go with this love and then we just, you just sold me. Oh, on you it. changed on the fly. <laughs> yeah. And part of it is like, you know, this love for me has like a big chorus. So it feels wow. more like a fully realized song where Cemetery Gates is doesn't really have that kind of, you know, for the formula is not as refined in it, but it, because it, it does a lot of stuff. But the stop, the rhythm section, stopping the solo, right? Oh, God. And then it's so good. And you, you know, and again, part of the reason why I... I have a tendency to re- have a better appreciation for some of the songs on Vulgar is because you really feel like the 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 Pantera formula had been refined and refined down to the sound that was that. Whereas Cemetery Gates, it doesn't sound like it could ever appear on another Pantera in the no. future. No. You know, it's it's a it's a different era of the band. Kind of we've talked about with Fozzie. Yeah. It was like. Songs that you we had on our earlier records could never appear on these records because we were a different band. But how quickly they made that change. But Cemetery Gates is such a great song. And I love that it was featured in that uh, the Memphis murder uh, documentary. Oh, the, Me- the, Me- the Memphis Three? That's right. Or whatever that yeah, was. Yeah. I'm unaware of that. Yeah. I also love it. It was like, Gates. What a tune, man. Yeah. I, I could listen to that every every day. Yeah. All right. Then we get to, uh, okay. These are sister songs. It's another tough one. Domination versus Rise. They're both just killer tunes. Damn. Rise is nuts, too. No, no. Rise is... Yeah, yeah. Down, 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 yeah, yeah ain't, ain't that Benny like saying that? And, and, and then the, and then the, I think he says fart stinks like a mother. <laughs> yeah. And then the song kicks in, and then like that is probably 
my that song has my favorite breakdown of all time in it. That like literally, I can't think of a Holy better shit. breakdown than Domination. Like with that solo over top of it. Yes, yes. And it's so it's so like it's precision heavy. It's it's a Rich Ward kind of standard mm-hmm. where you might not understand how hard that would be to play on drums because there's really it's some of Vinny's best work. You got to be locked in. Like it's once again. You know, if Malcolm and Angus had ever heard of Pantera, that's something very founders of groove, groove metal for sure. Esque, right? Yeah. What do you think, Sam? Domination, hundred percent. And uh, two part, two reasons. Number one, just the the technical prowess it took for in the brother. It's it's a brother thing, technical prowess thing for Dime's right hand and Vinny's feet to lock in that absolute and you you heard it live too on the live recordings like it they nailed it all the time is it just that and then when you get to the breakdown part that that breakdown part invented a whole nother genre of metal that's still relevant to this day it's It's a very mojo oh yeah word riff run dun 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 and then that oh that stretch that dime they're again learning how to play this stuff as a guitar player like the what he was doing like it's impossible and and it was just so rad and whammy bar work all that stuff not to take anything away from rise there again great song but domination dude like it dominated 100 percent. rich yeah domination i would i was listening through it basically i'm going to piggyback off of what you guys just said like it was the template for every 90s metal band (laughs) like and like the three main riffs were fairly different and they were like they reappeared on everyone's record. Yes. Like you could just hear those riffs on everybody's <laughs> yeah. album. Um, it was is crazy. Uh, and I also thought it was pretty interesting that at the three minute mark on a song that's over five minutes long, Phil can just clock out because yeah. he's he's done. Yeah, you, yeah, you're, yeah. you just go get a beverage at this <laughs> point, and then the and then the band just lays whip, whips ass. Just the thing that I thought posture. was interesting, I listened to when I listened to Rise with um, fresh ears. Very um, suicidal tendencies vocal. Uh, mass prediction, yeah, unification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds yeah. just like, like all Morgan. I wanted was a Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. It has, I mean, it was like, wow, it's because it's nothing like I've heard Phil vocally do before, but very Mike Muir. And they were hot at the time. Yes, the and they toured together. That's right. Like, oh. just, So, hey, I'm not the only guy ripping people off, people. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help it when you're when you're a young musician and you're listening to people that, that you love. It just seeps in. It's, it's, it's it, yeah, it just, I, okay, let me just see quickly. Here. Fart stinks like a mother. Fart stinks like a mother. Yeah. You got that, Sam? Yeah. I looked it up and that's what it said. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah. I'm going to take Rise just because no one else did. And to me, they're both 10 songs. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the guitar part and domination is one of my all time favorite moments, but Rise, that riff is so good. It's just like, and then, and then what? Another just, riff I've ripped off. Da da da. But then they go backwards. But they also start off with that great riff. And then just the breakdown. Yeah, once again, you can't go wrong with either one of those songs. But for anybody that might not have heard these records, please go listen to both. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, now we get to, what did you call it? Uh, uh, you, start, you, uh, you start falling back with some of these songs. Uh, Shattered versus No Good, Attack the Radical. Both of these songs, even though I've listened to these records probably, I don't know, 50 times each. I'm not a Pantera super fanatic, but I could not remember for the life of me either one of these songs or probably the next four or five on the record. But I'll start with this one. To me, Shattered is... a untapped Pantera gem. I think uh, uh, No Good Attack the Radical is cool. don't like the title and that always turns me off songs because I'm a weirdo when it comes to that sort of stuff. Uh, but I, I really like Shattered and it, once again, Phil's vocal on this record. Uh, it's so super heavy metal, the type of, 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 of singing that I really appreciate. And I think that's another reason why as the years went on, I kind of fell out of Pantera a bit because his vocal style changed to more of just uh, kind of a standard, just like heavy metal like Danzig guy or something. I don't know. That's probably a terrible, uh, but he lost that Halford side to what he was doing. But to me, I really, really love shattered, uh, over top of, uh, of, uh, attack the radical. What do you think, Grant? I have to go with shattered. Like, like I said earlier, when, when Vinny, like there's no slow down start, it just starts full speed ahead and you've got full on double bass going. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to play double bass. I want to learn double bass. <laughs> I remember being young hearing that. So, for sure, shattered for me. Are you listening to a riff? I can play it. Oh yeah. Well, I remember that. It's a shattered yeah. riff, and then it goes up against the. Uh... Shattered, shattered, full speed. Dude, all I mean, I even put in my notes like. I, I, like I don't even think there would be an album called Rising without that riff. <laughs> for, for, for no good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I was so influenced by that the Southern boogie ZZ Top meets the good devil. Ball. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, and you listen to Vinny's kick work on that, yeah. and it's just the, it's so much more difficult than you think it is what you're listening to because it's not one guy's playing a beat and the other guy's playing a riff. Yes. They are both, whereas Shattered is a, a brilliant just blitzkrieg. It's, you know, it's a Gatling gun. And I love Shattered, but th- there's something about That's a great riff. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I got to go with Rich as well. It's Yeah. <laughs> and he's rapping the verses. Dude, he is. It's like, wow. it's it's. Yeah. did he hear a stuck mojo at that point? Or I don't know, Dude, man. Like, he literally <laughs> sounds like well, well, our baby pass crossed yeah. somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah, it. it there again, shattered. Same thing. It, it, I love what you said. It, it, it's fantastic, but that groove that's in No Good is 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 where I love it. You mentioned before, I think Rich did about Faith No More. There is there is a lot of Faith No More influence. Like you said, what he, he's not rapping; he's doing what Mike Patton would do. Correct. Like an yes. epic. It's not a rap, 
Yeah. Well, it's a very rhythmic style. Bill of, loves Mike yeah. Patton, and he doesn't talk about it enough. Like, I don't mind telling people who I grew yeah. but, I mean, you even look at the hair in the Cowboys from Hell video. It's Mike Patton yeah. from the Epic video. 100%. Like, they, you could tell. I mean, they looked like they were coming out of the same scene. And then Phil just, yeah, he, he made a deal, you know? Yeah. And, well, let's just take a, little, a quick little sidestep here, and then we, we'd be remiss to say that, that that Rich and Stuck Mojo toured with Pantera in a South uh, America tour. Was it two Europe. So, oh, Europe? Europe, okay. Europe, yeah. Okay. How long was the tour? Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, but it was a two-band bill, so it was no, it was just us opening for Pantera. What year? Uh, 98. Any uh, experiences that you recall of just watching the play or anything with Dime or anything? They watched our show every night. Wow. Like they stood on the side of the stage in an arena Every night was an arena, so you're exposed when you stand on the side of the stage because you're up on the deck. They didn't care. And then they would come out on stage and bring shots. Uh, and Vinny brought shots out, knew I didn't drink, and he was just like, stood over your shoulder. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, the nicest guys. And one time, I used to wear that La Parca mask. Uh, you remember that? I used yeah. to have stuck mojo. Phil snagged my La Parca mask and came out uh, one night and gave me an elbow drop on the head during the show. <laughs> like, they were fun guys. Yeah. Like, the entire time that we were out, they acted like they knew us for a long time, which we didn't. We, there was no prior relationship. And Dime was... You know, people always talk about... Because in their home videos, they talk about them being these heavy party guys. I never saw them drunk. They were very... Ca- like... Their technique was they were light on the Crown Royal, heavy on the Coke for themselves. Then they went heavy on the Crown Royal and light on the Coke for you so they could watch you implode. And that's where the entertainment came. Well, that, that's the, that's the sign of a true pro. Yeah. And that's everybody that, else was, couldn't stand. That's me and Shane McMahon every time I was drinking. I used to get him so drunk and never even have a buzz. It was, it was just so easy to do. And uh, I remember one thing about Dime that was so incredible. I guess Dime had just seen, seen Pulp Fiction. Because at all hours of the day, no matter where you were, you'd hear him yelling somewhere in the arena, tell that bitch to chill, tell that bitch to chill. <laughs> like, he just like, it was Tourette's. You know when you get a catchphrase? Like, like he always goes, raw dog. Like, you get a catchphrase. He couldn't stop saying, tell that bitch to chill. Like, and, and could just not. The thing I remember about Vinny, too, that was shocking is Vinny always carried around a massive roll of cash in his pocket. And he always wanted to gamble on something. (laughs) So that's why he had the money, so he could throw it on the table. So our bass player, Corey, was a pretty big guy. And Vinny took this massive roll of hundreds and put it on the table and says, it's yours if you can arm wrestle and beat Big Val. Oh, (laughs) jeez. It did not last long. Yeah. Val took it, but just... We've toured with a million bands. Fozzie has, and so it's Stuck Mojo. I've never been with a group of guys that ever, on the first day of tour, I always am careful when you're an opener or a festival to ask, to, you know you're a guest, so you ask questions. Anything I need to keep in mind? Are there any restrictions or limitations? Anything that we can't use as far as our, um, our production? Because uh, we had just come off with typo negative, and every show they would like take one more thing away, <laughs> you know, you know, you can't use that. You can't use that. And it's just a way for, a uh, for most headliners to even the playing field for the young 
guns that are coming for you. Yeah. And I remember the production manager for Pantera when I said, is there anything we're restricted from? He goes, you're opening for Pantera. You're going to need all the help you can get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, to this day, I remember that as like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was like they were a gang. The crew, everybody, they were a gang. And I just remember how nice they were. The, and just, again, they were the top of the food chain. There was no separate, you know, they'd come check on you in your dressing rooms. How is everybody doing? And that's the way it's, and, and that's why I think people have such a fond memory of Dime and, and, and Vinny. Also, once, I think once Dime passed away, Vinny took the match. He sure Vinny. did. Always, you know, uh, had barbecues with hell yeah outside of his bus. He'd be cooking food wherever where they were on the festival. I'm, I'm just encapsulating because we still got some songs to talk about. Yep. And every time you're in Vegas, watch out because you got to go to Vinny's house at six in the morning when he makes breakfast <laughs> and plays Bruno the movie at the loudest volume I've ever heard in my life. Vinny, turn it down. No, it's funny, man. It doesn't have. It's funny. <laughs> it's not as funny when it's a hundred decibels. No, man. Come have some sausage. Come have some sausage. <laughs> So yeah. and you, like you said, when you realize they are the nicest people, yeah. you know, they really wanted everyone to have a great time. Correct. And once and again, they were the hosts, the hosts, and that's why once again, I think they would appreciate what what the guys are doing now because it's making people have a good time. And I think now that they're not here on this planet, they'd probably be looking down, going, "This is what we're all about." Yeah. Really, really, so much so. So uh, we move on to clash with reality. Um, oh, it's another one. I got to just have a quick. Uh, Calling Rich Ward. <laughs> Guilty. Uh, and that goes against Live in a Hole. Oh, yes. uh, I'll start. Uh, live in a Hole to me, that's, that's the riff. Jerry Cantrell. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. once again, to me, I'm not a drummer, but I am a musician. The drum pattern doesn't make sense. Dun, 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 dun. Like I, I don't, it's, I couldn't even know how to. I feel like I have Tourette's trying to play along with that on my. Dun, 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 dun. It's a signature. Can I explain it to you? Please. Because I've I've stolen it for everything. It's <laughs> it's it's the Fozzie formula too. Guitars are in three, drums are in four, right. and that's our three over four. Yeah. It is where the groove is because the guitars are swinging in a triplet pattern. Drums stay in four, and it just. It's it's poor man's prog and it swings and it is so good and Pantera was the was the band that put it on the map. Well, once again, I mean, you are very much a groove player. And Grant, when you joined Fozzie, I think you learned a lot about groove in the last year. Just oh yeah, playing with Rich. Rich made me a better player in groove for hundred percent. So what do you like between the two? I've got to I've got to go with Clash just because I'm I'm almost certain. Isn't that the first song that opens up with just a straight snare roll into that? sick feel and then it and then it cuts back in I, I love i love the musical aspect of it so clash for me 100 percent. which one did you choose rich i i went for class too oh you went for class okay. yeah, yeah. I, i'm living a hole yeah it's yeah i love it too but yeah. it was just like they were yeah yeah it's there again it's, it's really tough to pick on, on <laughs> Well, that's the thing, but you yeah. must decide. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm, 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 st I'm sticking with my guns. Live in a Hole for me was the first song on, um, on Cowboys that started to feel like I was on the second side, yeah. even though it's a, fa even though it would have right, been right. the best song on most other bands' yeah. albums, yeah. you know. But that's what I mean. Both of these records are a little bit guilty on that second side. Yeah, yes, they are. A little bit blending together. Yeah, and and what, like I said, I've listened to these records three or four times to prepare. I still have to listen to it again. Mm -hmm. You know. 
Uh, and that takes us to, to another example. This medicine man versus regular people conceit. Uh, Sam? Medicine man. Okay, why? He's a medicine man. <laughs> because it takes me... All right, this is, and this is super weird. I was like really into these like... Uh, kind of cheesy horror movies and she and like we all were. yeah like werewolf movies and all this kind of stuff it took and from dusk till dawn yeah. it just kind of took me to that place in my mind like uh for some reason just like in the desert you know you know just like looking around for you know nefarious things at night and and all that stuff and i just i i liked phil's vocals on it a lot actually yeah I, yeah medicine man for me grant Medicine Man for me, it it actually gets it's been stuck in my head since I went back with fresh ears listening to it. Like like Sam said, he's a medicine man, and then it, it reminds me so much of um, Rob's vocals in Painkiller, oh, like like hundred percent. And it just it's a very catchy song. Yeah. The chorus just draws me in. How he says that it makes you want to sing it with him all the time. Rich, I mean. Regular people, that riff. I mean, it's just like it's, it's everything that I love about Pantera and Dimes playing. Yeah. You know, like, and also, again, this is full throttle Phil. He, he's the guy standing out waiting for you by your car because you stared at his girlfriend too long. Like, yeah. he's that guy, and you just know, oh my God, he's going to whip my ass. Like, he's just the toughest guy. And I believe it. It's like, and I'm just, and the whole thing about Phil is like, he really is like the champion of the of the the young metal kid who doesn't fit in yeah. and he wants to tell you don't let that guy pick on you. Yeah. You know, you read these lyrics, my time, your pain, I rain on you. Like everything is like and I love that. I mean, that's what every, you know, 18-year-old dude is feeling. Like he is a spokesman for it. He's the guy that when Roth went, "Hey man, I'll f- your girlfriend went and waited by the tour bus. Would you say? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. I uh, was kind of on the fence, but just out of pure coincidence, when I watched the Pantera show last night, they start off with a montage of not just the brothers, but kind of the band back in the heyday to regular people. That's the first thing you see. Oh. And it's the whole song. For the, every, all, all these Pantera songs are like five minutes, five and a half minutes. I noticed that it's like all of them, mm-hmm. except for maybe Walk is a little shorter and like Hostel, mm-hmm. but most of them are five and a half. So it's five and a half minutes of that song. And it's a great way to kind of oh, set the tone. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, like, oh. It's like, wow, you're ready. You know, yeah. and, then the, and then the drape drops and they start at a new level. But yeah, so regular people can see to me was, was I thought, what, hey. a, what a great way to start the show with a really obscure tune but not if you're a huge fan right and what about that lyric and any streetwise son of a bitch knows don't fuck with this yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's basically saying to you any streetwise guy knows don't you don't want to step to this, this dude <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, writes a song i'm so badass and, and if you were smart you know abilities. Yeah. that's a man that says you know what Come on with it. Here we go. You're uh, opening up for Pantera. Best of luck. Yeah, yeah exactly. You need all the help you can get. We move on to Message in Blood versus By Demons Be Driven. What do you think, Grant? By Demons Be Driven. Oh, yeah. You can't, you can't beat it. You we can't beat it. What a great double bass pattern. It reminds me of the uh, one, yeah. by, except yeah. it's opening yeah. up with that. That's in my notes, big time. Yep. Yeah, it, it definitely Straight is. up one at the start, but but faster, and then you got the more groove aspect with it. So 
Another thing I like about Pantera is they're not ashamed to wear their influences on their sleeve. At all. Like, you can always hear, okay, that's a Metallica part. That's a Lars beat. That's yeah. a Van Halen. That's a that's a Priest. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. It's and 100%. They, and they weren't ashamed to, to, to show it. You know, there's a lot of... I hear so much ZZ Top in here, which I never heard as a kid, because I didn't... That ZZ Top to me was legs and all that stuff. But if you're real into ZZ, oh, yeah. there's a real... And Skinner, too, there's a swampy groove that those guys really embody. But once again, I, th- I think Medicine Man has a lot of, of the uh, of the Mike Patton. And, yes. or sorry, Message in Blood, a lot of the Mike Patton that we discussed earlier. But the, by Demons Be Driven, just just that riff, you know? And then there's like, back in the call, back in the call, wow, back in the call, or whatever the lyric is. It's super groove heavy. And had they uh, wanted to make that a single, I would have been all aboard. I think it could have been a really big hit. Not that they didn't have other huge hits from this record, because there's about a do- half a dozen of them. But Sam? Oh, Demons, all the way. Yeah. All the way. Dude. Medicine Man! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, dude, that, the Halford vocals, you yeah, got to yeah. give it up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but d- demons, dude, and and there again, the like it went straight from the from that yeah. really yeah, yeah, yeah. super super heavy like like barrage of cannon fodder coming at you to this groove thing that was open and sw- swinging and swaying, very ZZ Top esque. Um, yeah, like it it really is a well written song that a lot it kind of gets overlooked sometimes so. of being uh, as well written as it point. is. It could have been a single. Yeah, yeah. Rich. 100%. Yeah, that's what I I had in my notes. It was like definitely the second side standout. Yeah. Like it's the star of the second yeah. side. One of the things that I always loved about this, and I've I've ripped it off uh, in stuff we've done, is on the outro. They, they, on the reverb, yeah, 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 they yeah, clamp yeah, that yeah. verb down every other one, so it's like Good the call. dead stop, and yeah. then the every other one has the, you know, the, they're again using space. Yes, in oh. heavy metal, who used space in well, heavy metal? I mean, who? And, and you don't hear those things on Slayer records and stuff because in Slayer stuff, everything is one note brutality. But the brothers came from they love docking. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, there yeah, yeah. was a sense they came from this era where. You know, they love brutally heavy music like Slayer, but they were tempering it with the beautiful side of like the the Van Halen brothers and all of the, you know, Whitesnake, John Sykes. They they loved all of the and great virtuosos of the era. And that's the thing. And also when they did do Slayer parts, they did it from a Texas standpoint, which was very much like, once again, like Slayer's Bay Area, L.A., Pantera couldn't have replicated that if they tried because they didn't grow up with that. And that's one thing I love about, about it's always that way. Wherever you grow up has a real influence on you as a musician. And as you start to really mature, that comes out so easily, which is something very, very cool there. I think for me, we, we, yeah, we, everyone, everyone's given their yep. parts, right? Yep. Yeah, sorry, I was, I was going to the next one. Which is the sleep? Which was the riff? Was the riff again that we just talked about earlier? Oh yeah. So I never gave that song its due because I think when I was a kid, once again, when I was really into this record, which I was probably 22, 23, 24, I, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have time for slow tunes like yeah. that. You know, listening to it, for it's really good. What a killer riff! And, and once again, you can't be. You got to understand groove how to play that song properly. But Hollow is one of those tunes for me. It's 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 sanitarium. It's cemetery gates. It's one you know. It builds to the end. Um, my best friend. I will say though, some of these lyrics, 
kind of make Terrible. me laugh. Close with his mother, and she cries endlessly. Lord, how we miss him, at least what's remembered. It's so important to make best friends in life, but it's hard when my friend sits with blank expressions. So is this guy, like, is he in a coma, or is he just really stoned? <laughs> and I think Phil is wrote this. guy in the one video? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I read the story that Phil had a friend who was in some kind of a, a brain-dead coma or something. Yeah. Uh, but I was kind of laughing when I heard that out of context. My friend stares at me with blank expressions. But uh, what a riff, what a song, and very much the sister to uh, Cemetery Gates and kind of, I think, one of the last tunes where Phil really sang yeah. really great for me. Uh, Hall is another Pantera top 10, top 15 for me. What do you think, Sam? All right, so this is a really tough one for me. I'll go with Hollow, but it's with a caveat. The Sleep has my number two favorite Dimebag solo in it of wow. all time. Like my, my number one's Floods. The uh, evil Brian May solo. Dude. Yes. Dude. And the way that it, like the way he is whammy bro, like all of it, like, like it just takes you on this journey that no other solo on that record did. And the song itself is a really, really great song, all that stuff. But hollow for me there again, just as an, a song and, some of Dimes' work in that as well was really, really great. And like when on the second time through, on the second time, like all that stuff he did in there was so good. But the way that song just comes together at the end, I, I got to go with Hollow, but with a caveat of, man, that's, that's really tough for me to pick that. I'm actually going to go with uh, The Sleep on this one. I I'm a huge fan of Hollow as well, but The Sleep, to me, it stands out as a completely different sounding song than any song yeah. on that record to me. Like, really? how, the how the intro is, and you're like, is this going to be a ballad, or, or what is this? And then all of a sudden, you've got Dimebag doing that signature riff like you talked about earlier, and it's like, wow, this, this is like a... Uh, a huge build-up song, almost like, I guess you would say, like, Welcome Home Sanitarium or yep. something, how it just builds and builds, and then, yep, for sure, The Sleep I, for I, me. I found The Sleep, too, like, listening back, I, I don't know what the lyrics are, and I don't know what it's about, but to me, the riff sounds like like an afternoon nap. Like, he's <laughs> yeah. he's, ta he's taking a lazy yeah, sleep. Let me just lie down here and take a snooze. I don't know, if, if it, the, the riff, I wonder if they wrote that one, oh, this, this sounds like sleep. You know? Sounds like a weed nap. Yeah, it's weed different nap. than anything on the record. Yeah, very to me. much so, especially at that yeah. point in time in 1990 when yeah. you just wanted balls to the wall, you know, thrashy metal. Though. Yeah, Rich. Yeah, I mean, I love both songs, but I have to go with Hollow. I think it's just just a better song, yeah. and I think one of my favorite parts of it has got the fake ending yeah. where it stops and then. But da 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 da. I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Hollow be that name. It just it, it ends the record on such a like. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it, it and it you know if when you don't know it's coming. Yeah, it, I mean it really hits. <laughs> and the thing is too is again the sleep one of my favorites, but when you listen to those. When you listen to the the vocals, it's very Halford, even some Jeff Tate yes, influence stuff to it. So it's like again part of my love for the the stuff. I love both records equally, but there is a sense uh, like in Hollow, like that is you're now hearing Pantera, the fully realized band, and it's it, like you said, it is Cemetery Gates. For that album, yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. it has the Metallica harmony guitar yeah. bits, which is brilliant, you know. Yeah, very well done. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. We get to the last song. Uh, once again, using the B-side of Piss to, to wrap it up. And it verses The Art of Shredding, which is one of my all-time favorite song titles. I thought that was always very inventive. Especially when it's not about really... It's not really super shreddy yeah. guitar. I thought that was yeah. kind of a cool uh, dichotomy there. Sam, what yeah. do you think? Uh, I got to go with The Art of Shredding. Um, it, it, just because it was a... To, like, hollow wrapped up vulgar so well. Yeah. The Art of Shredding wrapped up Cowboys so well. It took you right back to the kind of the beginning, you know, like where you could just loop that tape, just like on your old auto-reverse cassette deck Walkman that you had that we all listened to it on. You just let it go right back to Cowboys and and and, and started the whole journey over again. And it was it was a really good thing. And Piss is great, and I'm going to drop the little knowledge. All right. So I want, I want you to do it live. Use of my third arm, a full, a Far Beyond Driven, Two minutes and thirty seconds. Okay, no, no, just go to the two minutes thirty seconds oh, mark. Okay, and they played that. Uh, is it called using my third? You, arm? Use use of my third arm, I think, or using my third it's arm. I saw far beyond driven. Far beyond driven album. Yep. Amen. Right here, coming in. <laughs> you know, they took the riff that didn't make the, the record as the B-side. They were like, this is too good of a riff to let it die. Let's put it in something else. And I've done that as a musician before myself. Like, you know, so. Yeah. I didn't know piss until grant suggested i remember hearing the and i just didn't like the title of course it's piss in the wind it's actually a really good song it is i would have put that song on the record more than a couple of these other tunes that are on there uh so i really enjoy that but artist shredding for me i love the beginning once again it comes in with a little more of a groove as a bass bass part mm-hmm. it has it has uh personal significance to me we when i hosted the golden gods we did a lot of uh of uh, promotion over the years and you would do like uh, little vignettes to build to this year's Golden Gods and, and one year we were at the Rainbow and I was hosting it and it was me and Mustaine and Chuck Billy and Lemmy and Halford and Vinnie Paul and it was like it's the greatest yeah. thing and so we were upstairs at the Rainbow where we had our after show yep. party 
And I'm there like, I can't remember what I was doing. I was trying to get a job at the Rainbow and I couldn't get a job at the Rainbow. So they ended up hiring me to host the Golden Gods, something along those lines. And Vinny came out like, who wants a job in the kitchen? And Vinny came out with a, with a butcher, uh, a, a kitchen, like a cook. Apron, and, apron. And a, and a butcher knife. He's like, Can you, do you know the recipe for my specialty art of shredding chicken? Can you do that? Because if you can't do it, you ain't getting no job here, boy. And he, <laughs> that's so funny. And I remember the art of shredding chicken. The art of shredding like, that's chicken. That's the greatest joke yeah. ever, you know? Dude, that's great. And that's actually the first time when I became kind of friends with Vinny and we, we, we hit it off. And I just remember, if you can't make this shredding, art of shredding chicken, boy, you can't get no job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I have to go with the art of shredding chicken just from that story alone. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Grant? Well, I love the art of shredding. You gotta, you gotta do uh, feels. This is the art to shred. I mean, yeah. it just it's sketchy. But I'm gonna go with piss only because I can strictly remember it was 2012 when that song came out. I can't remember what God, that many years later. Yeah, huh? yeah. So was you it for like a like a, a it was an anniversary, gotcha. and and I was like, oh my god, a new Pantera song. Yeah. And you know, you think you're hearing those signature albums you've heard them and heard them and heard yeah. them and then all of a sudden you've got a new pantera song 10 yeah. years later and i don't it's know also six years after dime passed away yeah right? and then uh, i don't know if you've seen the music video or not but it's literally the whole video is basically videos of what the album cover is it's it's dudes getting punched in slow motion and i was like all right this is sick i wonder if they got 100 bucks yeah, yeah. yeah. Check out the music video if you haven't seen it All though. Right. It's it's really cool. But I gotta go with Piss just because it it was the first time you'd heard any new Pantera music in over ten and, years. And as being a fan, that was like your yeah. New Pantera it was like album. wow, finally. A, it was pretty special for yeah. sure. That's cool. That's cool. All right, Rich, take it home. Yeah, artist shredding. Yeah, I think the song's fantastic, and it also features the the um, the underappreciated secret weapon of Pantera, and that was Rex's bass tone. Good call. And that was the thing that. You know, because the other three guys were so special um, that Rex became Michael Anthony, yep. mm -hmm. which was sad because Rex's guitar, Ooh. his bass guitar sound is really is a, uh, a big, big part of the Pantera sound. It is. I don't think Dime would get as many pats on the back if he didn't have how great Rex's bass you know, totally. Once again, what a great call, Michael Anthony. He is the Michael Anthony in 100%. all way, shape, and form. Yes, one hundred percent. And he's always left out of the conversations, but he's so important to the mm -hmm. band. And I love that he got him some. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and it's and it's. There's um, not really any bass solos ever, or bass focus parts in any Pantera mm -hmm. tune. Just, well, just Medicine the, Man has the intro with just and the Primal playing. Concrete yeah, Sledge. Yeah, 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 There's yeah. a few moments, but but you know, when he gets them, let's yeah. clap. You know, golf clap because, and the other thing is, is that you can tell this is an Exodus song. You know, this is the art to try. Like it has all of those. Yeah. You know, it has yeah. all of those things. Like you feel God, like I didn't you think about that. Oh, wow. that's a, that's a Gary the riff yeah. that, 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 that fast the right hand. Yeah, the art to try. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. Uh, and then one more thing, what I was going to mention during Cowboys. One of my favorite parts of the song is. Yep. You can hear the bass very prominent yep. in the mix there, which is, is very cool. Rex is incredible. Great, great. He, he's Dude, such an important part of the band. Go listen to the Flood solo and what Rich, yeah. Rex does in that. It's as... I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, as, as badass as what Dime was doing at the same time. It was incredible. You know, and once again, just watching that thing last night, is, is, is Rex and Charlie really locked in great right out of the gate. And that's yeah. not easy to do. I, I bet you they spent a lot of time rehearsing, I would assume, just the two just of them. Just drum and bass. You know? But um, So here we get to the final. you got to choose just one. Is it Cowboys from Hell 
or is it vulgar display of power? Which one do you like better, Grant? I'm going to have to go with vulgar. Yeah, I mean, it's got so many standout songs. has the first song I ever heard by him, which is, you know, you got you got this love on there. You've got Walk. I mean, that's an anthem for anyone that's mm-hmm. wanted. Yeah. I mean, that's influenced so many people to want to pick up a guitar and try to learn just that riff alone. So yeah. vulgar 100% for me. I'm going to go vulgar as well, but I'm going to say this. Side one of Cowboys, to me, might be a little better than side one of Vulgar. But side two of Cowboys, like I said, when we have to get out the the, the Spotify to listen to the songs, mm-hmm. to remember the riffs, after listening to them literally just today even, I don't know if it's a mental block or if I'm just stupid, but but the second half of Cowboys kind of... What did you say, Rich? Like when you said with Stuck Mode, you keep fielding back or... or well, yeah, what you what you end up doing is so you've written a, a, a bunch of songs and then you're taking all the ones that are the best, that are obviously the best, and you're putting them, you're arranging them in the front, and then you keep punting the, the ones that are like you think you thought they're really good, but when really when it comes down to you have to start pushing them and you yeah, know yeah. kicking that can to the backside of the record. Which they kind of did for, for Vulgar, but then they ended off with, with uh, By Demons and with Hollow. So I'm going to go with Vulgar. And it's crazy how with Fozzie, when we did uh, Boombox on Judas, Johnny Andrews, our producer, felt like there were a couple of moments that were a few punts for him. Mm-hmm. Every person involved. Size, in, I think, running yeah, the yeah it's exactly right. And he, he, when we went into Boombox, he was like, no, no punts. Yeah. Like, there's, we're not putting a song on this record that not everybody goes, yes. Yeah. And, and that's difficult mm-hmm. to do because that takes time. Not everybody is prolific as Paul McCartney and John Lennon. They sit down with it. Okay, next song, next yeah. song, next song. Right. But and I'll tell you what, man. That's one of the reasons why I don't know if we want to do another record. Because there's so many great songs in Boo Box that will never be played live. And then on the radio, right. so they just get left behind. Yeah. And they're not, you know, Medicine Man quality. They are <laughs> yeah. great singles. So um, I think you're right about that. So are you choosing Vulgar? Yeah, I'm choosing Vulgar. And partially just because that album is more coming from a more fully realized band. Yeah. Yeah, You can definitely tell that Cowboys from hell was a transitional record from power metal, Mm -hmm. that, that era of the band. And I, I actually think that Cowboys from hell is probably one of the most important heavy metal albums of all time. Great call. Most important. Yes. And that counts for a lot. I mean, it, it shaped in, and kind of helped to mold the, the forward face of Mm nineties metal. Everybody, yeah, everybody was. They were the ones. Yeah. But once again, and not to interrupt you, but look what the, the kings of metal, Metallica. Look what they put out in '91. It was not Cowboys from no. Hell. We wanted it to be. So I remember that's when the sea change started. It's like, well, Metallica is going super kind of like you know groovy ACDC, but these guys, these guys are thrash. And it's also groovy, and it's also ACDC, and it's got all the stuff that we kind of wanted from Metallica. So that kind of a little bit of a switch yeah. there. And and I think we can we all can re- relate to this. Think about the five or six years in age difference between the guys. Metallica were older guys. They had gotten all of that stuff out of their system. They're now older guys writing from different experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas a band like Pantera, I mean when Cowboys from Hell came out, like they were wild. They're kids, yeah. you know? And, and that's why I always, when people are like, I wish Metallica could make another record like, 
you know, and Justice for All is like, they're not capable yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they're not those dudes not anymore. anymore right. It's they're like, old, yeah. you know, they're making, that's, uh, we've talked about this before, but that's where the whole idea of a record is. The, the term record, this is a record of what this band is at that point right. in time. Right. Yeah. It's a, a document. Yes, document. it's exactly right. And for us to have these expectations, I love the fact that we got both eras of Metallica and both eras of Pantera. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. both eras are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if they'd have kept, if they were ZZ Top and they put out three or four records in a, in a row, that there wasn't a lot of growth or movement. Those that's also the, the, the longevity, like the bands that have longevity go through different phases. Correct. And you look at Metallica now at 40 years and Pantera didn't make 10, although now they're back, but you either have to do different eras and some of them work and some of them don't, or you just implode. And that's what unfortunately would happen to Pantera. In 2000, they were pretty much done after 10 years. Yeah. And the last four were not as good as the first six, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, let's talk about the, the factors. Phil's talking about anti drug stuff on Cowboys from Hell. And three records later, he's on heroin. He's heroin. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. like, it's amazing what happens to people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I saw it when we were on tour with Pantera. You could tell that Phil was on some type of downers. And just because his demeanor, yeah. he had that kind of nod off thing. He was such a nice guy. He's a great, from what little I know of him, he's a great guy. He was always very nice to us, but you could tell. And that's when he was always talking about his back hurting. It's like, that's always, you always know someone's talking about their back hurting and stuff. And they have that kind of laid back persona. I'm assuming you're, I'm sure you've seen it in your locker room. Guys are, who are medicating, yeah. you know, for injuries or whatever. <clears throat> Yeah, and it will change your music. Think about all the greats, the Beatles. What did drugs do for them? Holy mackerel. <laughs> yeah. And think about the change of that band in even a shorter space. But once of again, time. also, too, think about the fact they lasted for 10 and the Stones lasted for 60. So there's, a, you know, if the Beatles lasted for 60, there might not be any d- debate. <laughs> yeah. But you could say, you know, and I'm one of them, the Stones are probably better than the Beatles at this point because they've got 60 years. Yeah. You know, and it's a different story. So, Sam, what's your choice? I'm going with Cowboys. Nice. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and it's only because I spent so much more time with it as a young dude. I didn't – I remember somebody stole my Vulgar Display tape, and all I had left was Cowboys. So I just <laughs> listened to that all the time. And then it really – like I said, it really influenced me as a young musician because uh, I I'd sat with that record just like I sat with Rich's records and Metallica records and all this stuff and just learned it, like top to bottom, back back to front. And that was the one that really just kind of stuck with me. And, and, and it takes me to a different place than, than Vulgar does, you know? It takes me to the desert. It takes me to, it takes me to us riding through El Paso to Phoenix late at night. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it just kind of takes me there, you know? Well, like we said, both records are, are excellent records. Both records are classic. Uh, and it's good we get a chance to celebrate them. And it's good, perfect timing with, with Pantera being back. Hell yeah. So. Uh, all right, boys. Well, let's go put on a rock and roll let's show go do it. on our own tonight. Hell yeah. Thank you, fellas. Party. Party.